Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the Sports Zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Gallant has settled in. He's retired 11 straight. High drive. Way back. Right field. Schwarber does it again. An absolute bomb out of here. Kyle Schwarber, his fifth home run of this championship series. Phillies from 0-2 to 2-2 Carroll did he go yes he did a strikeout to end the ball game the Phillies win game five Diamondbacks win two of the three in their home ballpark but they go back to Philadelphia down 3-2 from the 18-yard line Smith with time throws to the end zone, Bobo, the antenna receiver. Boy, was that close to being a touchdown. He did not get the right foot down, but Pete Carroll will challenge. Pete Carroll wins the challenge. It's a touchdown for Jake Bobo. It's going to be a fake. They set up to punt. Pass is caught by Wilson, but not nearly enough. That was very poor. The play call, the decision, very poor play. Oh, Mike Vrabel. Scaboo! Touchdown, Sun Devils. Harding is on Red Sea, man. On this edge, watch Junkum coming at you. The kick out and Scaboo to the house. Four games. Eagles trying to retake the lead. Hurts. Complete. Oh, the tackle is Brown. To the end zone. Touchdown, Philadelphia. Second and goal. Jones swings it. Touchdown! Gusicki! Patriots go in front. Third down and 11 at the 19. McCord over the middle. Harrison Jr. again down the sideline. Maserati Mar. Valdez comes home, and there's a high drive hit to right field. Angling back toward the corner is Tucker. He is at the wall. He leaps and he makes the catch. Or does he? It's history. It's a two-run homer. As Tucker went up there, reaching into the fans and did not come down with the ball. Jonah goes the opposite way, and the Rangers lead 3-1. One ball, one strike. The pitch. Adoli swings and hits a high drive to deep left field. That ball is way back, and that ball is history. Adolis Garcia clears him off with a grand slam. 
after four consecutive strikeouts as Adolis has broken this ball game wide open. It's 9-2. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Monday, October 23rd edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlux HD 2 100.7, the Diamondbacks, so they stay alive with a game six win. The Cardinals, are you losing patience or interest for that matter? Meanwhile, the Sun Devils, are you encouraged? The Dolphins, have they been overrated? Niners and Vikings, who you got ATS tonight. Also the football weekend, what caught your eye, college and or pro. And Astros and Rangers, who wins game seven. That is tonight. Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9.15 or so to be around Major League Baseball. We'll have a a Monday preview, two games today. Zach Kreiser of Yahoo Sports scheduled to join us. 9.30 interactive action at 602-260-1060 and also the local roundup. And then in the final segment of the Sports Zone, it'll be the the national roundup. That'll be top five from MLB, a little MLB scoreboard. Look at the games tonight. Get into a little bit from the NFL and college football on Sunday, time pending. And uh, time pending once again, uh, we'll get to some of the uh, latest lines for the upcoming games starting tonight in the NFL. Then after the sports zone from 10 to noon, it's the extra point hosted by Kayla. And that'll include, among many things, a lot more from the football weekend, local and national, and more phone call time. Right now, on to the pipeline we go. Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is, do the Diamondbacks stay alive with a Game 6 win at Philadelphia? Kayla is here, and she's going to have the early returns like right now. I do. No, leading the way. 80% of the vote. Yes, trailing at 20%. Merrill Kelly gets the start for the Diamondbacks, but the Arizona offense, which has struggled and scored 10 runs in the first five eight five games, they're going to need to do something against Aaron Nola and the uh, rested Philadelphia bullpen. Today's Twitter poll question, have you lost interest in the Cardinals, the one-win Cardinals? Kayla, what's going on here in this uh, Twitter poll question? Yes, leading the way at 56.3% of the vote. No trailing at 43.8%. This is on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. Cardinals now 1-6. and six. They have been outscored, you know, i got to do my updated numbers here, 67-7 to seven in the fourth quarter this season after Sunday's 20-10 to 10 loss at Seattle. Staying on a local front, ASU almost shocked the college football world, but at least one questionable Kenny Dillingham play-calling decision too many inaccurate throws from Trenton Bourget, and the almost always questionable Pac-12 officiating all contributed to the 15-7 loss, as it turns out, to the now still undefeated Washington Huskies. 
which was roughly a four-touchdown favorite by kickoff. That game went to 27.5. I even saw 28 by kickoff on, on Saturday night. So are you encouraged by ASU's one-score loss at Washington? Spanning the globe? I, uh, you know, it was a decent, I think pretty good, NFL Week 7, concluding you know, all the buys. There were fewer games. Maybe that's not a bad thing sometimes. But anyway, that Week 7, at least yesterday, that part concluded with the Eagles beating the Dolphins 31-17 last night. The Dolphins, they've played arguably two good teams, even though I think not real sure how good the Bills are. But whatever, they've played two teams that are expected to beat them and and so forth. Uh, they've lost both those games. They've been dominated at the line of scrimmage in both those games. So are the Dolphins overrated? Have they been overrated? Really the last three months or a couple of months at least since the season started. Meanwhile, 49ers at Vikings is tonight's game. All signs seem to point to Christian McCaffrey trying to play, according to Sunday reports. Who you got tonight? Uh, 49ers minus 7 or the Vikings plus 7 at Minnesota. Meanwhile, Ohio State is getting closer to me calling them the Ohio State University, which I've not done since the 2021 loss at Michigan. The uh, very shorthanded Buckeyes, they physically dominated on defense in Saturday's 20-12 win over Penn State. What caught your eye during the NFL and or college football weekend? Also, there'll be a Game 7 tonight in Major League Baseball. The road team is now 6-0 and on the ALCS. Tonight's matchup in Houston, Max Scherzer against Christian Javier. Who wins tonight, Rangers or Astros? It's the pipeline for today. We'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else in your mind falls into the general discussion categories, whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rule is accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the topic and the target and everything else of this. Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update that will be followed by a Monday postseason preview. Two games today, as we mentioned. Zach Kreiser from Yahoo Sports scheduled to join us in the next segment. Also time pending at the end of that uh, next segment. Uh, Bob Melvin to the Giants. That's building up some steam again. Uh, so we'll uh, try to slip that in towards the end of the, uh, the, uh, the interview with Zach. Also, once again, at the bottom of the hour to be phone call time, general discussion, 602-260-1060, plus some local roundup. We'll throw in a few items at that point. And to have much more on the local scene during the Extra Point hosted by Kayla, of course, from 10 to noon. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and Kiss Lux HD2 100.7. Catch the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. right here on KDUS AM 1060 and online at KDUS1060.com.
Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kiss Lux HD 2 100.7. Your home, the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday. The Diamondbacks and Phillies, uh, they begin what should be another fun day of Major League Baseball uh, this afternoon, our time at uh, 2 o'clock. Out to the KDUS hotline we go, or just after 2 o'clock, to go around the Major League Baseball postseason and maybe a little more towards the end of time pending. Uh, we're joined by Zach Kreiser of Yahoo Sports. And Zach, always good to have you on the show. Uh, let's start with the Diamondbacks and the Phillies, a scheduled pitching matchup today. Aaron Nola, and, and Aaron Nola he tried to say, and the Phillies, uh, they're heavy favorites back at home uh, in Philadelphia against the Diamondbacks and Merrill Kelly. Uh, what would be a likely blueprint if the Diamondbacks won today? Well, I think, you know, their their best hope is to maybe get to uh, Aaron Nola a little early. I, I think we've seen in this series, you know, some of the effects of teams seeing pitchers several times. You know, this has been – more of a factor with the relievers, I think. Uh, certainly the Diamondbacks didn't have any luck seeing Zach Wheeler a second time. That didn't seem to help at all. But, you know, you can hold out hope that maybe they, they see Aranola again, they have a bit of a better plan against him, and they can get a few runs on the board early and make it a, a tighter game where their speed and defense can play up as it did in games three and four. Uh you know, it, it basically, you know, you need a few things to go your way in a kind of unexpected way, like Alec Thomas hitting home runs. Geraldo Perdomo has had some good at-bats uh, in this series. So they need some unconventional contributor to come through. But I think I think that's the formula, is hoping that seeing Aaron Nola a second time really helps them get ahead. Are you there? I'm not entirely sure where Bob is at here right now. So let me uh, go ahead and put you on hold here, Zach. And then we will go to break while I try to uh, get Bob Kemp back here, who is on remote. So just one moment here. We good? Okay. I'm not sure what happened there, but we have returned. (laughs) Zach, you there? Sorry about that. Uh, I can hear you, yeah. Okay, what a wonderful thing. Uh, so, the most importantly, we can hear you. Uh, here we go. Uh, the, get into the, uh, the the Phillies. They have a playoff record, and uh, it, you know, their postseason history at Citizens Bank Park is the highest winning percentage of any team, 10 or more games. Which has been more significant for them, a home crowd, or the last two years it seems like Nolan Wheeler is starting the majority of these home games? Yeah, I think uh, as well, well, we'll probably mention them a little bit. Uh, home field advantage can be a little tricky, as we've seen in the ALCS. That no, yeah. no home team has won, so I'm a little hesitant to chalk it up entirely to home field advantage. Uh, you know, I have been in Philly for these games, and I can confirm it is a raucous, crazy atmosphere. Uh, but I, I do think you have to look at the starting pitching and the fact that they have both been pitching really well wherever they've been. And they have, as you mentioned, mostly been starting in citizens bank, which gives the Phillies a huge advantage. Uh, I also think that the Phillies hitters hit well at home. I don't know whether that's a comfort thing, a comfort with the batter's eye. Certainly Schwarber and Harper like to tee off into that right field uh, bleacher section. So, 
I, I wouldn't chalk it up entirely to home field advantage. I think the Phillies are playing really well here, and as you mentioned, a lot of the circumstances set up to where they often have their best players uh, on the mound at home. So uh, I think they're just a good team, and the home field advantage is a, a little bit of a cherry on top. Are the current Phillies, this year's Phillies, are they a better team than one that pushed the Astros to, to the brink in the 2022 World Series? Yes, I think they are. Uh, I, I'd, I'd say a couple things are different. One, Trey Turner is on this team, which is a pretty big addition, and he's playing really well right now. Two, they changed their defense around once they got Bryce Harper back at first base. Uh, back at first base. Once he moved to first base when he got back from his injury, that freed them up to make Kyle Schwarber a DH instead of a left fielder. And that allowed Johan Rojas, the, the young center fielder, to take over and push Brandon Marsh to left. And when you combine Marsh and Rojas in the outfield instead of what they had been running, it's uh, a huge improvement defensively. And that has made them a more well-rounded team. The the last factor I'd say is I think their bullpen is more settled. Uh, it's obviously had a few issues the last couple days with Craig Kimbrell and Orion Kirkering uh, losing the strike zone, but Overall, I think Rob Thompson has a better grasp on who he's trusting and has a deeper bench to pull from and relief pitchers. Back to the Diamondbacks here. What what has stood out the most during their current, I think it's safe to say, surprising run in this postseason? You know, I I think it's just the, the way the offense has managed to have moments and get it done with young players. Uh, you know, we mentioned Alec Thomas hitting some big home runs. I think Gabriel Moreno has been terrific, even playing through several injury scares. He's hitting a lot of line drives, and, and that has to be really encouraging for the Diamondbacks going forward. And I will say a, a lot of people, myself included, coming into the playoffs thought the Diamondbacks would only succeed by kind of – getting on base and running and adding pressure with their legs. And that hasn't really been the biggest part of their game. Uh, you know, memorably, Corbin Carroll has been on Let's first base to lead off innings several yeah. times and hasn't run. Uh, so they've done it in different ways. And I think the offense overall has, uh, you know, struggled at times against the best competition. But I think it's been pretty promising to see so many of their young guys uh, hit well enough in the playoffs. All right. So whenever this season, for the Diamondbacks, whether you know today or tomorrow, uh, I looks like hear Bob's it, connection Bob. is coming in and out just a bit here. So, uh, Zach, I'll have a question. Looks like uh, Bob's connection is coming in and out here just a little bit, so we'll try to get him back here shortly. Uh, Zach, a question for you, you know, just about the Diamondbacks and uh, you know what they need to do here with Merrill Kelly on the mound today. Yeah, I I think the Diamondbacks have started to uh, kind of work on this, but they really need to keep the Phillies hitters off balance. Uh, you know, that's hard to do. The Phillies hitters aren't necessarily sitting on fastball or any one specific thing. Their philosophy is pretty b-ball, hit ball, and they're looking for certain areas of the zone and just kind of keeping their eyes open for pitches they can crush. But I think it would behoove the Diamondbacks and Merrill Kelly to work with some pitches that are maybe unexpected. I think he could use his breaking balls and his cutter a little bit more to 
keep them off balance and counts, but it, it's tough. This is a really good lineup. Getting through it several times without encountering uh, a hiccup is, is pretty difficult. Okay, let me try this again. Whenever the Diamondbacks season ends, whether it's today, tomorrow, or after the World Series, uh, you know, Mike Hazen, what what does he need to do or try? What's he need to emphasize to try to improve this team heading into next season? I think the the big thing for the Diamondbacks is to start building up pitching depth. Uh, you know, obviously Brandon Fott's performance was super encouraging uh, in Game Three. I wouldn't be surprised if the Diamondbacks look to either make some trades or maybe shop in the middle level of the free agent market to add a third, you know, really reliable starter to this mix alongside Zach Allen, Merrill Kelly, and Fod. You know, maybe they find another starter in their minor league ranks who's ready to go, although I, I wouldn't say that they're flush with ready-to-go talent, uh, surefire talent in that area right now. So I think that's the biggest thing. Their position player group is pretty strong. You're going to see a little bit of turnover there. I don't think they're going to go into next season with Evan Longoria and Emmanuel Rivera as the main options necessarily at third base. But I think the bigger thing to kind of keep this group growing would be to add another reliable starting pitcher. Zach Kreiser of Yahoo Sports, currently in the sports zone. All right, let's flip this to the American League. The road team has won all six games of this Astros and Rangers series. Any theories as to why this has happened? <laughs> no. I mean, the Astros actually have not been great at home all year. So on that particular front, I guess that at least traps logically. Uh, the Rangers didn't have any weirdness with that, so I, I guess it's just the Astros kicked it into gear when they got away from Houston, but I've, I've read a lot about the, the theories on why the Astros haven't been good at home this year, and I, you know, none of them are that persuasive. I, I think they had some concerns about the batter's eye being a little funky, but I, I think it's just sort of a fluke. I'm, I'm not sure what you can make of it other than, uh, you know, weirdness since this team is, is good everywhere else and has been good at home in the past. Uh, I certainly wouldn't, you know, base my theory of what's going to happen in game seven around the fact that no home team has won. Yeah. How much of this, you know, they made a big deal about the, the batter's eye thing. Is this like a mental block for them at this point? It could be. It's clearly something they're thinking about talking about whether it's, you know, reporters are asking them about it and they're thinking about it because of that, or, uh, you know, they're thinking about it themselves, but it's, it's a season-long trend. You know, you can't really get around the fact that they were below 500 at home, which is wild for a team that won the division and has been very successful for many years and has not usually had this particular issue. So uh, it, it's certainly something that they have to be thinking about. Uh, and I will note that the, the Astros did actually lose all of their games at home in the 2019 World Series that went to Game 7. So uh, it's sort of a weird phenomenon that this is the first time it's happened over a full season, but they did have it happen in that playoff series before. Uh, all this being said for both of us, the pitching matchup would seem to favor the home team tonight. Christian Javier, who's obviously had postseason, postseason success the last couple of years against Max Scherzer, who is pitching for the second time since September the 9th. 
Uh, let's start with the Rangers side of things. How should Bruce Bochy deal with Scherzer? Uh, because he, you know, not, obviously he's, he's not built up to pitch long into the game, even if he's pitching well. Yeah, I mean, a game seven situation, you would you would have length guys ready in the bullpen and on call to warm up at a moment's notice anyway. Uh, I think that's going to be doubly true for the Rangers tonight. They just need to have a short leash and be ready to get guys up and make a move if Scherzer turns out to be laboring or not have his command, whatever it may be. The, the Astros lineup is too good, especially at the top, to take too many chances. You know, I, I wouldn't be stunned if it's not uh, going pristinely. I wouldn't be stunned if Max Scherzer goes once through the order and they try a new pitcher for the second time through the order. You really don't want to give – Jose Altuve and Jordan Alvarez any more edge than they already have. So I, I'd be pretty quick to sub out a pitcher for every new time through the order or even shorter stints. Any suggestions of who should be first out of the bullpen if they obviously let's just assume that Scherzer isn't pitching lengthy into this game. So who should be you know out of the pen first for Texas? Yeah, it's tough. It depends a little bit on the, where they are in the lineup when when this goes down but I, I would not be surprised to see them try a left-hander next just to kind of shuffle up the looks that uh, the Astros are getting all right Brian Abreu's appeal for the two-game suspension apparently will be decided today should Major League Baseball have taken care of this before game six well I, they did take care of the uh, suspension part, but with the appeal, you're obviously going to have to have a little bit of time to make that happen. I, I do think that it—you uh, could make the case that they should just wait till after the season and, and make it a suspension for the beginning of next season. Uh, I'm sure the Rangers disagree and think that he should be suspended immediately. So. It's a tough needle to thread. I think especially in these cases where you're trying to judge intent on a hit-by-pitch, there's really no great avenue for that that's going to feel just to everyone. Uh, I I do think that's a pretty tight turnaround for the Astros to not know whether they have the guy who's really been their best reliever uh, for for Game 7, but I... You know, I, I don't know exactly how Major League Baseball could have expedited this a lot more. I, I think the options were either the way they're doing it or just hold the proceedings, but the suspension doesn't happen until the next season. So let's assume that Abreu is not available tonight. Then how should Dusty Baker address his bullpen? Well, I. Uh, I think you're going to see guys push to, you know, they already used a lot of their relievers last night. I, I think you might see Ryan Presley ask for a little bit more. Maybe Hector Neris asked for a little bit more. So that would be the, the top option. Uh, I, I do wonder if there's anyone available, whether it's, uh, if there's anyone else available who might be a starter, <laughs> would they ask for a lander for an inning? I don't think they would. Uh, he's a little bit old for that. But if push comes to shove and they're down a man, I, you know, you have to consider all options in a game seven. Talking with Zach Kreiser of Yahoo Sports. 
hopefully, uh, I think the best thing for the world in general and baseball, obviously, is if uh, we have two games like we did on Friday. Uh, how fun was Friday? <laughs> oh, it was wild. I mean, I, I was at the uh, Diamondback Philly series. I've been following that. So, we, you know, we were all sitting in the, the press box watching the Astros-Rangers uh, situation right up until first pitch, and then we got our own really wild game. So uh, that was a, a tremendous day, and it was a, you know, it felt like a total turnaround from the first few weeks of this postseason where there weren't right. any lead changes, there weren't many shifts and turns in the series, and then it kind of all exploded in one day to be, uh, you know, everything has been kind of raucous and topsy-turvy since then, so... That, that felt like the uh, the instigator of this whole postseason. Yeah, that was finally, we get some drama. It was great. Hopefully we'll have more drama today. One other quick item away from the playoffs. Uh, former Diamondbacks manager Bob Melvin's received permission by the Padres to interview with the Giants. Should we assume that Melvin is going to be the Giants' next manager? I think all signs point to that. Uh, it would be a pretty – odd uh, request to make if you if you weren't going to be the leading candidate I, I think there's you know a lot of reporting has said that Melvin and AJ Preller the Padres uh, general manager did not really see eye to eye didn't necessarily work well together and if Melvin is thinking he'd like to find a new situation he has been in the Bay Area before has always kind of been a West Coast manager and that seems uh, like a landing spot he would go for. Uh, he, he also, I should mention, has worked with Farhan Zaidi, the Giants president right. of baseball operations, before. They, they were in Oakland together, so he at least knows the personality he'd be going into with that. So it, it seems like that is, uh, you know, if nothing goes awry in the process, I would expect that he will be the Giants manager. All right, Zach, always good talking to you. Sorry about the the, uh, the blips a couple times from this end, but uh, we made it through, so there we go. <laughs> no problem. We got it done. All right. Thank you very much, as always. Have fun. Thank you for having me. Zach Kreiser of Yahoo Sports. Read all his stuff, and uh, which is a lot these days, covering that uh, Phillies and Diamondbacks series uh, from uh, day one, or game one, I should say of the series and hopefully there'll be a game seven because game sevens are fun and we get one today which is great i was worried last week that we may not have any playoff drama after the first couple of rounds but that friday game that friday both those games on friday that whole seven hour stretch roughly of baseball was tremendous uh that was like uh you know that might be my favorite seven hours sports wise of uh 2023 thus far hopefully we can duplicate that today next segment phone call time general discussion if you want to jump aboard 602-260-1060 we'll get to a little local roundup most of the local stuff will come during the extra point hosted by kayla from 10 to noon you're listening to sports zone with bob kemp on kdus am 1060 and ks lux hd2 100.7 Extra Point with local and national topics, betting lines, and banter. Weekdays 10 to noon on KTUS AM 1060, KTUS1060.com, and the KTUS 1060 app. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KTUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD2 100.7. 
And in addition to the local roundup, which we might just kind of gloss over here a little bit, we have plenty on the local roundup side of things, whether it be Cardinals, ASU, or Diamondbacks during the extra point with Kayla uh, from uh, 10 to noon. So stay tuned for that for many reasons. That would be one of them. Uh, right now, let's go out to the KDUS hotline, 602-260-1060. And uh, we go to Matt in Phoenix. Hi, Matt. Bob, how are you today? Hanging in there. Thanks. Good, good. A um, couple of things, uh, baseball, NFL-related. Um, I think the Astros win tonight. Um, Javier, uh, certainly, uh, in my opinion, at this point, more confident than Scherzer, although, as you discussed earlier, Scherzer's got to have the shortest leash in the history of short leashes, right? I would think so. I also think Javier does, though, too. I mean, he has obviously he's had Agreed. postseason history here, but it's game seven. And, you know, yeah. uh, you know, I think the Astros' bullpen is in a little worse shape. And this Abreu thing obviously makes a huge difference with whatever their plan might yep. be. Yeah, and I don't know if any, you know, I don't know if Hunter Brown, in fact, is he even on the roster? I mean, is he, is he, he pitched in, the po- in this he, series? Yeah, he, he pitched in game, uh, one of the ga- early games in Texas. I forgot okay. But you never know what you're getting out of that dude. He's either really good or you got to get the hell really out of bad. there as soon as, yeah, right. I mean, it's, a, you know, he's a rookie. I mean, it's a, yeah, I, I got. I think he's technically still a rookie. I know he pitched some last year too. But, I think so too. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, you know, I think it's going to be a very uh, interesting, you know, inter- interesting evening just to monitor the two managers. Totally agree. Yeah, looking forward to it. A couple of names for the Diamondbacks. I know uh, I agree with your guest. Starting pitching depth, I think, is certainly um, something they should look to add. Um, not sure on the character, but maybe the fit. Um, Marcus Stroman, um, Eduardo Rodriguez, and Jordan Montgomery. But I wonder, did he price himself out of the uh, Diamondback yeah. playing field? Okay, let's go one at a time here. Stroman would be a, certainly a good fit as far as this team goes, the way that it's structured, yeah. because he's a ground ball pitcher. And obviously, depending on who's playing third base here next year, and I assume whoever sure. it is, it's going to be somebody that can play third base. Or they. I wouldn't be shocked. You know, I don't know if Lawler, you know, you know, Perdomo's so good at shortstop, they can't move him, can they? Uh, so uh, maybe I would... maybe Lawler would play okay. third base. Um, okay. Whoever, you know, if, let's just assume it's a competent third baseman. They're going to have a good defensive infield. The only thing that concerns me about their infield is when Marte has to make a throw. Uh, which is uh, often oftentimes not accurate, whether it's going to first base or home plate, uh, yep. so or third or third base, which we saw earlier in this series once too. Um, so you know, Stroman would be a good fit as far as his you know his style of pitching. Uh, second guy, I forgot who it was. I remember Eduardo the third one. Who's the second? Eduardo Ray. Yeah, yeah, okay, I don't know. I'm not sure what I think of him. You know, okay. all this, you know, talk that he wanted to do everything he could to stay in Detroit and turn down the Dodgers trade thing, you know, and whatever. And now he's looking to get out of Detroit. So, um, yeah, that's I, so I'm, it? yeah, I think he's, just, you know, I, you know, I certainly admire him. You know, he had all the problems with the heart condition yep. during COVID and so forth. And the way he's come back and performed at a high level, that's great. But there's just too much stuff going on there. And I okay. do think that Montgomery's uh, price tag has risen, but the Diamondbacks yeah. 
Rev- revenue is you know much better off point. you know j- just point. just based on just based on not just sort of the playoffs but remember the end of the regular season they were drawing yeah. big crowds almost every home game for a few yep. weeks so they've got more if they want to reinvest that you know what they've made it th- made through the box office they want to reinvest that into their payroll for next season I think it would be much easier to do than they have done in the past which they've rarely done in the past. That's fair. Quick note, uh, Seahawks-Cardinals. Um, that game was a battle of who would screw up less. Um, that is correct. I struggled to get Ugh. through that one. I only watched it because I had Seattle and Survivor. But, my goodness, some of those uh, you know, just undisciplined plays, the red zone inefficiencies continue for the Seahawks. Um, just, just a nightmare of a football game. Yeah, Gino, uh, you know, red zone picks two straight weeks. He did yep. not throw a red zone pick all of last season, not one. And he's thrown one in each of the last two weeks. Uh, that game, and Josh Dobbs, I mean, God bless him, but I think I've we've seen enough of Josh Dobbs I, at this yeah. point. Yep. Um, that's th- three straight, well, and plus is he's not accurate. Three straight weeks. Uh, yeah, I understand he's running for his life. And, you know, yesterday, obviously, you know, Humphreys gets ejected, and Paris Johnson had a really bad game at right at right tackle, uh, his first I think not good game uh, since week one at Washington. But he was a turnstile uh, again yeah, yesterday, and and then you know, Beecham can't play left tackle, but they didn't have any not alternative, so he's running for his life. But even when he's got time to throw his accuracy for three consecutive games has been much more what we thought his accuracy was before yep. he came to Arizona. Um, James Franklin uh, getting on a reporter last week for their inability to throw the ball down the field and yeah. lack of explosiveness and then losing the game because they couldn't throw the ball down the field and they weren't explosive is absolutely maybe the most beautiful thing I've seen all weekend. Um, I cannot stand James Franklin. Um, and this isn't a betting thing. I actually middled the game and then had the game under, so I was happy with the result. But uh, seeing him lose and in uh, pretty much dominating fashion was was absolutely fantastic. Well, I obviously enjoyed it, but uh, yeah. I'm not sure what what I don't know if not being able to throw the ball down the field had a whole lot to do with uh, their offensive line is not is is below average. And this yeah, is four was, guys, four returning right. starters, including supposedly the best left tackle in college football yeah. as far as the NFL concerned. Ohio yeah. State, which has not had much of a pass rush this year, had four six, four sacks and six tackles for loss. And I don't think that Drew Aller had much of a chance, even if he had explosive okay. wide receivers. And then last, I want to touch on USC. Um, complete joke. Uh, totally unprepared. Um, undisciplined, uh, the lack of media availability at the end of the uh, at the end of the game. Caleb Williams not shaking hands. Um, that team disgusts me, and um, I, maybe it's just me. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they mail it in the rest of the year. I wanted your thoughts on that as well. I wouldn't be surprised either. I think you're another team here that has a bad offensive line, though. Um, and he's he's been run, he's been running for his life against bad teams. Uh, yep. let alone the last two weeks when they've actually played a couple of teams that have really good defensive fronts. He's had pretty much zero chance to throw. 
So uh, to me, once again, you know, I keep harping on this, and I know at least one person that's a regular listener to this show is tired of me talking and def- you know defending everybody because the offensive line's not any good. <laughs> but in this case, the Penn State offensive line has to be one of the biggest disappointments in college football. And the USC offensive line was a big question mark before the season started, and they're not good. Yeah, that's fair. I, I okay. offensive line play throughout football is is subpar. Appreciate it as always, Bob. Have a good one. All right, good stuff. Thank you very much. All right, next segment we'll wrap up the sports zone with some national roundup items, and then don't forget the next two hours. It's the extra point hosted by Kayla. We will go through a whole lot, uh, a little more on the Cardinals, some ASU, I'm sure, uh, a little bit on the Diamondbacks, or for absolutely positively, and then plenty from the college and pro football weekend, Saturday's college games, not bad. Yesterday's NFL games, especially considering it was a shorter schedule with the six teams on bye yesterday, I thought it was a pretty decent and entertaining day of NFL football. Uh, Certainly much better than two weeks ago or a week ago yesterday, which was hopefully the worst day of football we will watch, college or pro, in 2023. But a nice comeback yesterday. Some entertaining games in the NFL yesterday for sure. You're listening to Sports with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7. Check out KDUS AM 1060 on 100.7 KSLX HD2. That's right, HD Radio on 100.7 channel number two. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back to the final segment, a rapid fire final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7. And let's just get right to the latest line for today. Let's start with Major League Baseball. Diamondbacks and the Philadelphia Phillies just after 2 o'clock from Philadelphia. Scheduled pitching matchup, Merrill Kelly against Aaron Nola. And as you might expect, uh, the Phillies and uh, Nola, a 165 favorite, a healthy favorite. 165, I've seen actually right now, it's kind of bizarre. There's some uh, like 165, and I see a 185. Uh, currently at the Mirage in uh, in Nevada, in uh, Las Vegas, and uh, you know, various Mirage properties, etc. Uh, so kind of a you know it's fluctuating. Let's put it that way. I have to make sure I get the L into the word fluctuating. Uh, so there you go. Total in that game is eight. As far as a late game today, the uh, game seven. I wasn't sure I was going to be able to say Game 7 in any series this postseason the way it started the first two rounds uh, or whether, you know, game deciding, you know, winner take all game. We finally have one. Uh, Scherzer against Javier with Texas at Houston, obviously. The road team is 6-0, and zero, but the home team is favored, but not by a lot. Uh, the, uh, the Astros and Javier are just a 125 favorite. That's pretty much most places, at least worldwide. I'm just kind of checking, double-checking a few other places outside of Nevada. 125 definitely is the consensus number uh, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, total in that game sitting at 9. As far as tonight in the NFL, and I got to do a little handy, quick uh, work here, which is something I'm not always good at. All right, NFL for tonight, 
Uh, as far as uh, I'm going to go back to the Nevada numbers here, San Francisco's at Minnesota, and San Francisco pretty much a seven-point favorite everywhere. In fact, I haven't seen anything other than seven uh, for a couple of days anywhere. Uh, total in this game is 43-and-a-half. Uh, Christian McCaffrey reported yesterday by the va- various media insiders, whether it be on Fox, whether it be on uh, NFL Network, whether it be ESPN, he expected to try to play tonight. So we'll see if that happens. Obviously, he left the last game with the oblique injury against the Browns a week ago yesterday. It looks like uh, that uh, you know, Williams, a left tackle, it seems to be doubtful for the 49ers. Uh, Debo Samuel's definitely out. In fact, he's going to miss the next couple of games for San Francisco. Uh, so that's kind of the injury update for them. Minnesota's got the their season-long offensive line issues, which haven't been – I don't believe they played a game since week one that they've had their offensive line intact. In fact, if I think back to week one, I don't even think they had uh, Bradbury for week one. So – they're, we're not sure who's playing in the offensive line again this week for Minnesota. All right, that's it for the Sports Zone for today. Stay tuned. The Extra Points coming up next, hosted by Kayla. We'll have uh, much more analysis of the NFL and college football weekend, local and national, and more phone call time, 602-260-1060. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you.